jump into the epic world of Avatar The Last Airbender with Nickelodeon's official companion podcast, Avatar, Braving the Elements. Hosted by me, Janet Varney. And me, Dante Bosco. Listen to Avatar, Braving the Elements wherever you get your podcasts. Live on tape from the Ed Sullivan Theater in New York City, it's Stephen Welcome to The Late Show, everybody. I'm your host, Stephen Colbert. The holiday season is in full swing already here in New York. The Christmas lights are burning bright, especially over at Fox News headquarters. (laughs) Where last night, the Fox News Christmas tree was set on fire. (laughs) Now, I know what you're thinking, but the ghost of Hugo Chavez has an alibi. (laughs) Thankfully, no one was hurt. We're not talking about a couple of toasted pine cones here. Take a look. Crispy Kringles! Of course, this would never have happened if the tree had a gun. (laughs) Come on. You gotta... Give a squirrel. Give a squirrel a gun or something like that. Fox News tried to warn us this was coming. Every time a store clerk says, Happy Holidays, a Christmas tree bursts into flames. Authorities arrested a suspect last night. Police say they believe he is homeless and mental illness may have played a factor. Homeless and mentally ill? Oh, my God! The fire was set by Bill (laughs) O'Reilly. So, no picture available. So, it doesn't look like this holly-jolly arsonist was politically motivated, but Fox News is still going to eight maids a-milk it. Here's the stocking stuff with their coverage from this morning. Just when you thought it couldn't get any worse, somebody burns down a Christmas tree. This is personal to you two at home now. The Fox Christmas tree vandalized. Arson. I know some people would like to simplify this to just a a Christmas tree. Who sets a Christmas tree on fire? The Christmas tree, the holiday tree here in the square. I'm sorry. (laughs) Did a Fox anchor just say holiday tree? (laughs) What the... Am I... Keep it up, Deucey, and Ainsley's gonna set you on fire. <laughs> now, Fox clearly wanted to drive home the point that this fire was set intentionally, as Steve Deucey said. Apparently, the guy is still being interviewed by the arson squad. It's beginning to look a lot like arson. It's beginning to look a lot like arson. Everywhere you go, take a look at the tree, and then the flames are roaring once again. Deucey, stop, drop, roll. Thank you. Little Bing. You got a nice song. Touch of Bing, baby. Bing Crosby. The fire was particularly upsetting for the friends at Fox because the evergreen tree is, of course, a symbol of the eternal life given by Christ. Or as Ainsley put it, 
It's a and tree that unites us, that brings us together. It's about the Christmas spirit. It is about the holiday season. Uh, it's it, about Jesus. It's about Hanukkah. Ainsley, you're a gift from Jesus. <laughs> but I'm gonna, bless your heart, Ainsley, I'm gonna go out on a burning limb and say this is not about Hanukkah. If it was, the fire would have looked like this. But, but, ah! but on the other hand, Maybe it is about Hanukkah, because I have a feeling that Fox will miraculously make the story last for eight days. <laughs> it's also time for Congress's favorite holiday tradition, nearly destroying the economy for no damn reason. That's right, it's almost debt ceiling when both houses of Congress have to raise the official borrowing limit or the U.S. defaults on its debt, currency becomes worthless, we're all left in the afterscape trading sheep, potable water, and children for Dogecoin. But never fear, ladies and gentlemen, the situation is in the capable talons of Senate Minority Leader and toddler filling his diaper on Santa's lap. <laughs> Mitch McConnell. <laughs> McConnell wants to raise the debt ceiling, but he also wants to filibuster anything that moves. So he's come up with an ingenious strategy, getting 10 Republican senators to vote for a temporary fast-track process to allow Senate Democrats to act on their own to increase the debt limit with 51 votes. Yes, they're going to vote to allow someone else to vote to raise the debt ceiling. That way, no one can blame the Republicans if the United States continues to exist. It's the perfect crime. <laughs> they're, on, they're on track to pass it, but I refuse to give them any credit for doing the absolute bare minimum of not deliberately destroying the world economy. The debt ceiling should not even be a thing. Whose idea was it to give our government a built-in self-destruct mechanism? That's like having a microwave that has just three settings. Reheat, popcorn, and press me once an hour, I'll jump into the bathtub with you. <laughs> now, moving on to things that are actually happening. Scientists in South Africa just released the results of a study that found that Omicron seems to dull the power of the Pfizer vaccine, meaning that vaccinated people might be vulnerable to breakthrough infections. Boo! <laughs> Thank you. And I'm being told we actually have footage of a virus breakthrough. Omicron! Scientists, big fans. See, big fans. They, oh, yeah, oh, yeah. Scientists were quick to clarify that while the results were somewhat worrisome, there's no cause for panic. Good. Because I wasn't panicking anyway. Maybe I should. But I'm so tired. <laughs> After five years of democracy burning like a Fox News Christmas tree and <laughs> two years of pandemic, my adrenal glands are as shriveled up as two craisins. <laughs> my fight-or-flight response has turned into caramel corn and Netflix. Besides, this is a preliminary study. How preliminary? They released the results in the highly respected medical journal, Twitter. <laughs> I look forward to the day when all medical studies debut on social media. Hey, TikTok fam, big news. Got this gorgeous new bag from Fendi. Can't wait to use it to hold my Nobel Prize because I cured cancer. Whoop, whoop, smash that follow button. <laughs> now, 
Oh, yeah. Who knows? Who knows? So we don't, we don't know a lot yet. But one thing is clear. The new variant is spreading fast. 21 states have now detected Omicron, including Texas, where Houston health authorities found it in Houston's wastewater by analyzing sewage. That's right. <laughs> just got real. <laughs> and that's just the Omicron officials are able to detect. Reportedly, scientists have just found a stealth version of Omicron that may be harder for PCR tests to track. And, and I'm being told we have an enlarged image of the stealth variant. <laughs> we're, we're, also, we're also learning more about how the virus is transmitted. The new study found that when exhaling, males produced 34% more aerosol than females. Classic man spread. <laughs> the virus... We'll spread anything. The virus is also more likely to be transmitted by loud talkers, but that singing is worse than talking. Finally, scientific proof that office karaoke night is killing you. <laughs> speaking of science, speaking of science, more science. Researchers in Hong Kong have developed the first ever COVID-killing steel that can inactivate 99.99% of the virus within six hours. That is fantastic. Also, didn't we learn months ago that COVID doesn't really spread via surfaces? <laughs> really sounds like these scientists found out about COVID two years ago, immediately locked themselves in a lab, and then just emerged like, we did it! Wait, what do you mean it's airborne? Damn it! Well, I guess I'll go home and watch Quibi. What? I'm going to write Governor Cuomo about this, huh? <laughs> I'd like to see what his brother Chris has to say about that. <laughs> There's big news in Germany, the world's number one exporter of consonants. Yesterday <laughs> was the last day in power for former Chancellor Angela Merkel... Seen here screaming, help, my children have been turned into birds. <laughs> Merkel has now officially stepped down after 16 years. That's a really long run. I know that personally. Because her first year in office was the first year of my old show. Which begs the question, who aged it better? <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> Why? No. Wait. Why? Why am I? Wait a second. Why am I the one who looks like he spent years trying to prevent the collapse of the Greek economy? <laughs> the Germans held an Auf Wiedersehen ceremony for Merkel, and one of the songs that she requested a marching band play was Du hast den Farbfilm vergessen, or You Forgot the Color Film, a 1974 punk rock anthem by the East German artist Nina Hagen. Woo! Of course! Of course Merkel's always been a little punk rock. Who can forget when she crowd-surfed at the UN General Assembly? <laughs> so, who's stepping into Merkel's later hosen? Why, it's none other than foreman German vice-chancellor and guy saying who has two thumbs and also looks like a thumb, Olaf Scholz. Woo! Olaf, baby! Woo! Number one Olaf fan. 
When I say Olaf, you say Bundeskanzler. Olaf. Bundeskanzler. Olaf. Bundeskanzler. It's a musical language. <laughs> that is not at all terrifying to hear chanted. <laughs> Flashbacks. Flashbacks. I watch too much History Channel. But Chancellor Schultz isn't universally beloved. He's been criticized by an opposition member for grinning like a smurf. Hey, hey, that's not fair. He doesn't look like a smurf. He looks like he eats smurfs. <laughs> but Schultz said he didn't mind the comparison because smurfs are small, crafty, and always win. Nicely done, Olaf. Although I'm not sure I know a ton about smurfs is the biting comeback that you think it is. <laughs> oh, you think you won, but the joke's on you. I watch exclusively the kinder cartoons from the 1980s. Ah, victory. It's as sweet as strawberry shortcakes by the power of Grayskull. I am the Chancellor. Coming up next, Romance-splaining with Stephen Colbert. I'm Rachel Martin. After hosting Morning Edition for years, I know that the news can wear you down. So we made a new podcast called Wild Card, where a special deck of cards and a whole bunch of fascinating guests help us sort out what makes life meaningful. It's part game show, part existential deep dive, and it is seriously fun. Join me on Wild Card wherever you get your podcasts. Only from NPR. Hey. There's a, there's, I, th I think the spirit of the season is in this room right now. I feel a real lightness, real electricity in this room. I'm just, this is like a breath of fresh air, these people. Yeah, the people. I mean, I mean, I mean that. Vibe. I like that. I Don't like you feel that. it? Yeah, we Something alive. They're alive on this planet yes. right now. That's right, hey, that's right. John, you know, tonight we have Dr. Uh, David Agus. Okay, yes, he is one right. of the, the lead uh, health and COVID uh, analysts for uh, CBS News. Yes. Because we figured, you know, there's so many questions about COVID these days. Definitely. Because we haven't, we haven't, like, nailed down what's going on in a while. So he's going to answer all the, all the questions I've got tonight. Yeah. And he, can, he's, he knows all the answers. He knows... Oh, yeah. He yeah. knows, because I call people and go, hey, can you tell me about what's going on with COVID? And they yes. go, we'll be right back. They call this guy. Wow. That's a true story. They call this guy Faith. to find out. He knows, he knows uh, uh, about COVID. He knows all the lyrics mm -hmm. to Louie Louie. Oh, look at that. He knows <laughs> the winning lotto numbers next week. Pick, pick three. He knows pick three. That's all he's got. Oh, yeah. 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 So stick around for that, everybody. That's going to be great. That's going to be really good. Yeah. You're going to lose money if you don't. <laughs> Folks. You know, if there's one thing I like, it's love. In fact, I like like it. <laughs> but it's been a long time since I've been in the dating world. In my day, you couldn't even send someone a sext. You had to send them a sex pigeon. <laughs> Show her the eggplant. <laughs> Romance is constantly evolving with new terms to define hard-to-understand modern relationships. And I like to tell you all about the latest love trends in my recurring segment, Romance with Stephen Colbert. Welcome to Romance First up, according to a new survey of over 7,000 singles, one of the latest trends in dating is questioning whether you want to date at all. Apparently, that's called hesitating or feeling indifferent about dating, unsure if you want to date seriously or casually, because life in general is so uncertain right now. I'm gonna guess that has a big impact on pickup lines. Hey, 
saw you cross the bar, and I couldn't help but wonder if it's worth the effort to ever speak to anyone at all. <laughs> We're both born astride of a grave, and the yawning void waits. Anyway, you want to get out of here? <laughs> Not sure if I do. <laughs> Hesitating isn't the only new trend. There's also something called hand anticipation, which sounds like the breathless excitement that comes when a Victorian woman first removes her glove. Lady Weatherby, your thumb knuckle is more glorious than I dared imagine. <laughs> In fact, anticipation actually refers to the anxiety that comes with being unsure about the physical boundaries that are acceptable due to social distancing from the pandemic, such as whether to hug, handshake, or wave at your date. Oh! There are way more options than that. You got finger guns, the little salute, and of course my favorite, the tipping of your imaginary hat, accompanied by an ironic milady. It's guaranteed to end the awkwardness and the date. Milady. But if you're looking to avoid someone, there's another hot trend this year. It's called Darwinning, which is refusing to date someone who doesn't believe in science. Of course, if someone... If someone doesn't believe in science, it's way easier to blow them off. Sorry, can't do drinks tonight. My boat is sailing off the edge of the world. I'm losing reception. Okay, bye! <laughs> Another COVID-related trend is the act of ending a serious relationship due to perspective and clarity gained during the pandemic, which is known as resigning, which is just like breaking up, except you're required to give two weeks' notice. All this makes me realize just how many still undefined relationships there are out there that have no name. So I'm here to romance-plain some of the more hyper-specific relationship types for you. For starters, if Darwinning doesn't speak to you, how about Einsteining, which is when you dump someone based on the theory of relativity because they are your cousin. <laughs> Everyone wants to meet their true love, but maybe right now you just need a holiday. A person who's your soulmate, but only for the holidays. <laughs> just give me the air fryer and get out. <laughs> Another relationship type catching on is soulmates. That's people who know they're meant to be together because they're trapped on the same pirate ship and they're both looking for some booty. <laughs> Tired of the dating grind? Maybe it's time for a meesome which is when you put yourself first by making everyone at the orgy wear a mask of your face. <laughs> That's it for Romance Planning with Stephen Colbert. Join me next time when I tell you what it means when you have an erotic dream about taking a nap. Coming up, Dr. David Agus. Rise and shine, football fans. Start your day the right way with Morning Footy, a podcast that covers every aspect of the global game, headlines, match previews, analysis, interviews, culture, fashion, and plenty of banter. Join as we track the thrills and spills of Europe's biggest title races, the business end of the Champions League season, a summer packed with international competitions, MLS, NWSL, and much more. Subscribe to Morning Footy. Folks, my guest tonight is a medical contributor for CBS News and the co-chair of the Global Health Security Consortium. Please welcome Dr. David Agus. 
as I was explaining to the people before, thank you for being here. As I was explaining to the people before, um, you're a big deal in the whole knowing about COVID world. The people that I call or we call around here to find out what's going to be happening, they generally call you and they say, this is what Agus said. So I thought it would be nice since we're getting all this new information this fall. We kind of thought we knew where we were going this summer. And then Delta came in and went, okay, Delta, we got to ride this out. It's going to be over by mid-October, early November. Then, you know, Omicron is showing up. I just want to get like a, a baseline reading for the world and COVID from you tonight, if that's possible. Got it. I can do that. Okay, good. Um, in the two years, we've seen 12 COVID variants. The newest is Omicron, as I said. Um, there's, a, there's a market in the media for grabbing our attention and making everything breaking news and Way you know flaming Christmas yep. trees. What <laughs> what do we actually know though about Omicron? Yes. So right now Delta is obviously here in the United States. 99% of cases, 119,000 people newly diagnosed today and 1600 deaths today from Delta variant in the United States. Now that's, can't a, forget that's, about a, that. that's a level that we have not seen until no. late winter, early uh, spring of last year. Right, it's a perfect storm. We're COVID fatigued, it's colder, so people are going indoors. And these are mainly people unvaccinated in the ICUs. Over 90% of the people in the ICUs are unvaccinated. And so we have a problem in our country. We have not finished vaccination. Mm -hmm. So Omicron was uh, originally observed in Africa, mm -hmm. and it is a variant that is radically different. So over a million years of human evolution, our genome changed 1%. Over one day, this virus can change 1%, and it did. And so there are 40 different changes in the spike protein, so it's very different. And it did so, and it's getting around some of the early vaccines, and that's what worried us. So this is tremendously infectious, almost twice as infectious as Delta. So on November 23rd, there was one case in South Africa, now it's over 90% of the cases in the country. That's in a matter of weeks. So it spreads like wildfire. And is it true that previous immune, natural immunity from having had COVID is not applicable in this case, that it goes around that? Do so we know that? What we're seeing is, is that, yes, previous while ago COVID doesn't really help you with Omicron. And two shots of the vaccine probably doesn't help you that much with o Omicron. When that was anywhere from mid-80s to early 90s in terms of the efficacy to keeping you safe. Oh, 100%. So it all worked other against cases, the other right? variants rem I mean, remarkably well. We got freaking lucky with these vaccines. They were awesome. There weren't real side effects, and they protected serious illness almost everybody, which was really wild. But Omicron is going around it a little bit, and that's what got us worried. Okay, so Pfizer said that, I think it was just today, said that three shots protects you against Omicron. Yeah, so that's really cool, right? A booster shot. You know, everyone says, well, the booster shot means the vaccines aren't great. Well, the virus changed, right? The vaccines were made for the original variant that was identified in Wuhan. And now we have a new virus, basically, because it really changed. But it's not a new vaccine, just more of it. Right, so a third shot, a booster shot, raises immunity 40-fold. And by doing that, you have enough immunity to fight off Omicron. The way I think of it is, when you get this vaccine, there are 10 spots that you attack on that spike protein. Mm -hmm. Omicron lost seven of them. So you need a really high level to be able to get rid of it with those three spots. A booster shot gives that. That data from Pfizer, I was cheering this morning. It was great. Now, I'm a Moderna man. And uh, I'm sorry. And that's, that's right. That's what they had when I walked into the abandoned Kmart. They they gave me the Moderna. You know, it was one of those places. You know. And does this apply to Moderna too? Do we yeah. know that the third shot of Moderna, or like a second shot of J and J, do we know, 
or do we mix and match at this point? We don't know, but it will. So the, the, there's so you the don't know, shot. but yes. Yeah, so That's science, right? Yes, the, the spike protein is very similar in all of them, so we should see exactly that same result with the Moderna. The data just aren't available yet. Remember, South Africa, they gave Pfizer, so we, there was a lot of science done in South Africa, and they didn't have Moderna there. Moderna studies are ongoing now. They'll come out in the next few days. It will show also that, and then when you have an RNA booster with J&J, you're also going to get that protection. So any of the boosters will give you protection right now, we think, from Omicron. Now, you used a term a moment ago that I've been hearing a lot, which is like, oh, there's a 25-fold or a 41-fold or a 75-fold increase or decrease. What is this fold? Because a year ago, they were just saying it was either 75% effective or 82 or 93. Why are we talking about folds now? Because when we kind of go into these numbers, it makes us look smarter. And that's kind of our <laughs> goal here. So what we're talking about is the amount of antibodies in the blood. So antibodies are the little proteins in the body that bind onto a virus and clear it away and you get about a 40-fold increase in the number of those molecules when you get that booster. Okay, does that, does that, what is, how did that translate into percentage effectiveness, which was the standard we were being told a year ago? Um, they're not really applicable to each other. The standard effectiveness before was about 90%, you wouldn't get sick, and right. if you did get sick, you weren't very sick. Right. With this booster, it's gonna be about the same. Okay, okay, good. Um, that's the good. We have to take a quick break. Uh, but don't go anywhere. We'll be right back with more Dr. David Agus. John Stewart is back in the host chair at The Daily Show, which means he's also back in our ears on The Daily Show Ears Edition podcast. The Daily Show podcast has everything you need to stay on top of today's news and pop culture. You get hilarious satirical takes on entertainment, politics, sports, and more from John and the team of correspondents and contributors. The podcast also has content you can't get anywhere else, like extended interviews and a roundup of the weekly headlines. Listen to The Daily Show, Ears Edition, wherever you get your podcasts. We're here talking coronavirus with Dr. David Agus. Uh, doctor, will there ever be an end to variants? I mean, scientifically, when we run out of Greek letters, it has to be over, right? I never thought of that, but you're right. We, I gotta go tell that <laughs> freaking virus. <laughs> Um, no, we're going to keep having variants. This is something that we're going to live with. We're getting better at dealing with it, mm. and we're not going to panic every time it happens. And, you know, we've developed a surveillance system around the globe. We're literally in every country now, we're sequencing the virus and looking for this popping up. Why, why did the Spanish flu go away in 1920, approximately? And, 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 and we, not like we were like, oh, there's another variant of the Spanish flu. Why is it just gone and this thing you think will linger forever? Well, we've had lots of flu since 1918 when it started, certainly, and there have been other ones. Spanish flu was bad. We didn't have the travel we do now, right? Back in 1918, you didn't go on a plane and fly to Africa, fly to Europe, fly to Asia. You stayed in one place. And it took us three years to get rid of the Spanish flu. And how we got rid of it? We social distanced, we quarantined, we shut down churches, we shut down schools, and over time, it went away. And we'll see the same thing here. And there'll be, just like we have the flu every year, there will be coronaviruses every year that are a little bit different. Sometimes we'll get a variant-specific booster. Others, we may just get a standard booster. And we're gonna keep going on this. And we're gonna be safe, and we're gonna go back to a new normal. Um, when it comes to the boosters, if, if three is good, mm -hmm. is four better? 
Sure. Because I want to point out on the little card that I got, immunization card, there were four lines. <laughs> so somebody knew something was coming. How backward is our system that we have a piece of paper that says whether you are vaccinated or not and how you got it? That we don't have an electronic system, a cloud-based system, it's not on our phone. We have a piece of paper that's the standard of care in the United States. But yes, we're, we're, four will give you an even higher level of immunity. Um, and their side effects. How about a baker's dozen? Why not just have people just throw them at you like a dartboard? Well, your executive producer, by the way, is the first one in the country who's going to get a baker's dozen. I guarantee it. So, yes, he is hypochondriac. We have to take a quick break, uh, but uh, stick around. When we come back, Dr. Agus will tell us some good news about the fight against the pandemic. the virus spiked after the holidays. And we're already seeing a spike after um, Thanksgiving. Thanksgiving. As you said, it's like 100 and how many? 119,000. Uh, 119,000. Um, how can people travel and celebrate safely this year? So travel is safe, right? Airplanes are safe. Every three or four minutes, the entire circulation of air goes through a HEPA filter and virus is filtered out. We wear a mask on an airline. I flew here from Los Angeles. So I am comfortable on an airline. So it, part of the filter isn't me breathing in that air and breathing it out? No. I mean, we're blocking the droplets with the mask, and there's a good airflow. And so with good airflow and the mask, the risk is very, very low. Listen, I fly on a plane where I could sit alone or sit next to somebody I know, and I choose the seats appropriately. Mm -hmm. um, you know, antigen testing, which is something the president talked about two weeks ago when he gave his news conference. At least I think it was two weeks ago. I lost the ability to tell time and when things happened during pandemic. No, I understand. I don't know if it was a week ago or two weeks ago, but what he right. talked about was that everyone in the country now for free, um, the insurance companies will pay, can get antigen tests. And these are a test where you swab yourself, you put it into a tube, and you put it on a piece of paper, basically, in a little plastic cartridge, and it tells you whether you're infectious with COVID or not. It's like, it's like two lines. One line, you're not infected. Yeah. Two lines and you're pregnant. pregnant works, the same, yeah. works the same way. But it's very powerful. So before our Thanksgiving dinner, when we had family come over, we did that test. We bought them online. We gave it to our family members. And it's a level of assurance that you're not infectious. Okay. If someone does get COVID, how is treatment changing? So this is pretty wild, right? Early on, if you got COVID and went on a ventilator, your chance of survival was 20%. Six months into the pandemic, that number went up to 80%. With no drugs, we just got better at caring for it. And then all of a sudden, we're starting to get some drugs. There is a drug that will be announced, uh, again, FDA EUA approvals, or emergency use authorization from Pfizer. It's a pill that's called a protease inhibitor. Viruses are not alive. They go into our cells and use our machinery to divide. And this is the first drug designed for COVID that blocks that. And so taking a pill for five days if you're early on, we'll block you from being hospitalized. That's remarkable. And when, okay, this is the important thing. When, when do we get that? When's that available? The next week or two. You're kidding. I'm serious. That's extraordinary. Yeah. That's all I want for Christmas. Because yeah. that seems like a real return to normality. And then get a load of this. Um, I'm ready to get loaded. Today, today, the FDA gave authorization for... 4% of our country are immune suppressed. They have cancer, they have autoimmune disease, they can't respond to a vaccine, and they've been shut inside. 
There's now an antibody approved today that's a shot in the arm that gives you 12 months protection for people who can't respond to a vaccine. So it's not a vaccine, what is it then? So it's a, it's a monoclonal antibody that is long lasting. So instead of just lasting a month like the current ones do, this lasts for a year and is able to protect people who are immune suppressed. So instead of, let me see if I understand this. Mm -hmm. If you're injecting, if you're injecting antibodies, that means you're not putting something in to get your body to register and make its own antibodies. You're actually providing the antibody system. To exactly. The These people can't make their own antibodies, so we're giving them the antibodies instead and giving them protection. So you're enabling them to see their grandkids, to go talk to their neighbors, to go to uh, the supermarket. This is a big step. So these are exciting, right? We have these treatments, and we also have the standard monoclonal antibodies. Some of them work against Omicron, and so if you get sick and it's early, we give you that infusion, and we could stop the virus cold. So we are much better at dealing with it. The key to all of this, though, is vaccination. Um, and I can't say it again, is that if we vaccinate, we can stop this virus. Do you see any hope that vaccine rates are increasing? Yeah. Okay, really? Fear of Omicron. I mean, you hate to say it, fear is getting people to be vaccinated. So I was started this interview by not hyping the fear, but maybe I should be hyping the fear <laughs> to get people to vaccinate. Huh. Good point. <laughs> um, no, I and mean, I think there is a fear among the unvaccinated of Omicron. Mm -hmm. And, you know, I just told you the boosters will work. So you don't have to be fear if you have had a booster. Get that booster. But we're seeing, you know, over the last two weeks, really numbers going up, where several million people a day in the country are being vaccinated or getting a booster. And that's new. It had a dip for a while, and now it's coming back up, which is good. Doctor, thank you so much. Dr. David Agus, everybody. This has been The Late Show Pot Show with Stephen Colbert. Watch The Late Show with Stephen Colbert, weeknights at 11.35, 10.35 Central on CBS and Paramount+. Plus. Follow us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram, and subscribe to The Late Show on YouTube for exclusive content and more. Jeremy Renner returns to Paramount Plus for a brand new season of the original hit series, Mayor of Kingstown. My job is to create a balance. Avoid a war. From executive producer Taylor Sheridan, co-creator of Yellowstone. There's some new players in town, and they brought the flag. And Antoine Fuqua, director of Training Day. I know it's always been a war zone, Mike, but this is next level. The mayor is back in business. Are you warning me? You're going to find out. Mayor of Kingstown. New season streaming June 2nd, exclusively on Paramount+. Plus.